This is the Mulligans Podcast, show number two. I'm your host, Hayden Wright, along with my co-host here, Austin Cole. Austin, what's going on, buddy? It's going good. We're doing, uh, just finished my undergrad this past week. Graduation is coming up this weekend, so we got a lot on the plate. Looking forward to this episode coming up, and then a few more episodes coming up shortly after this in the next few weeks. Got a busy schedule ahead of us. Yeah, How are you doing? I'm great, man. I, you know, me and Brooke are hopefully moving into the house this weekend. I know that you and Doris are probably going to move out probably early June, right, to Oklahoma? Early June, we're going to Vance Air Force Base. Looking forward to it. Nice. Uh, we're going to start looking at real estate up there where we've kind of already started looking. It's pretty much that's that's going on. It's a lot. It's going to come quickly. Great. Well, yeah, I'm really excited about releasing today's show. I think we had a, an, a superstar guest. Uh, someone could even say he's on fire. Uh, his name is Wally Lawal, and he shared some great information with us today. He told us about has a he's only been investing for a year, and he's already got a uh, a nine-unit apartment complex. He's bought his daughter a house, and he's done several flips and assignments throughout the year. So uh, he's got big dreams, and I think he's going to be a rock star someday soon. So, Yeah, no, for sure. He, uh, he definitely came uh, to this country with absolutely nothing and truly showed us like what the American dream is all about. Yeah, definitely. He came from Nigeria, and he was talking about how he – I mean, you'll hear it in the show, but he just truly you know, built his – Built his business from nothing. So uh, without further ado, let's get to today's show. All right. Wally, thanks for being on the show. How's it going? I'm going well. It's, uh, it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no, our pleasure. Yeah, yeah absolutely our pleasure. Well, let's get right into it. So, uh, Wally, you know, you have a little bit of an accent. Where are you from? How would you get started in real estate? What's your story? Uh, well, originally from Nigeria, I came to the States uh, in 2014. I went to Prairie View a and so uh, I got my master's degree in chemical engineering. And, um, you know, got a corporate job and um, stumbled into real estate in 2019. After, you know, failure from other businesses, I did transportation business. It was it wasn't a success. I also did, um, I did, uh, what's it called? Bitcoin trading, Forex trading. It wasn't just working. So eventually I realized that it's, uh, uh, real estate is a vehicle I want to use to build wealth, to help myself, to help my, you know, coming generation and to help, um, anybody around me. So I jumped into real estate. I got my license. I started buying, you know, property for myself and I started doing the same thing for any, action takers so that's my story in the beats okay so you you came here from nigeria in 2014 yes and you dabbled around some other jobs but then you i came in i came in as an f1 student as a student to go to college so then you know from college i graduated you know meet my wife and uh, start working and now i have uh, two kids yeah oh nice nice okay so you built this you built this from the ground up, your investing business, right? Yeah, it's ground up. I think I started using credit card, you know. I won't advise anybody to do that again. <laughs> you have to start that way, please do it. So I started using a uh, you know credit card, I used to add money and um it was tough. But um it's still tough, but uh, it's getting better by the day. Mm-hmm. So that's so so it's all from ground up. I didn't get money from a big uncle or a big <laughs> 
or a, or a dad. You know, it was just my pure hustle and desire to succeed. Yeah, that's nice. So wait, uh, so go ahead, Austin. So you mentioned uh, you went to school for engineering. Do you still are you still an engineer? Or do you do that on the side at all? Yes, yes. I'm a full time project engineer. Okay. I work in Houston downtown for a small oil and gas company. And I also work full-time as a real estate investor agent. Uh, investor agent meaning that I focus, you know, working with investors. Investors are my ideal clients. It doesn't mean I don't work with a traditional buyer, mm-hmm. but they are only maybe like 20% of my client base. So 80% of my client base are investors. Wow. Crossing numbers, cash on cash, appreciation, mm-hmm. Um you know, all those lingo we talk in real estate and, you know, investing. So those are my ideal clients and um, that's what I do. So I'm also an investor myself. I buy a rental property. I keep them for cash flow. I can also fix and flip if I really want to. But because of the amount of work involved, that is not my core business focus. My focus is to fix that dirty property up then keep it for rental. Gotcha. Okay. Now, so how did you... How did you decide that model uh, as opposed to like wholesaling or instead of flipping? Like, how, was did you try all three? Did you just did you fall in love with the, the buy and hold strategy right off the bat? How did that come Well, I, I was still, I, I've wholesaled before, I've fixed and flip. Um, I think my flip, I made $29,000 from the flip. And, uh, but I saw the amount of work, amount of, you know, time, amount of risk involved. So I told myself, you know what, uh, this probably not for me. Plus, I go into real estate investing because I want to build a long-term wealth. I wasn't in this for a short-term book. I was looking for that passive income. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero uh, efforts. Like, like, like uh, I have to get passive income without doing anything or anything. I don't want to be actively involved. So flipping, wholesaling is a full-time job. I don't want another full-time job. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm already an engineer. And I'm already, you know, a full-time real estate agent, you know, so I don't want to have another job. I just want something easy to do. But I'm using the burst strategy, meaning that I still buy dirty property, distressed property, fix them up, let them what, you know, had appreciation into it by first appreciation. Then when they want more, I refinance it, keep a tenant in it and do it again. So, and I can do two, three at once, depending on how, um, you know, how much cash I have or how much partner I want to bring in. So, so um, to long story short, I have wholesale, have fix and flip, and I'm looking at those things. Eventually, I think um, buying, buying and hold is for me. Plus, there's a lot of benefits when you hold real estate. When you flip, you just make that quick money. When you wholesale, you just make that quick money. And you're going to be paying capital, uh, what's it called? Uh, probably, what's it called? Capital uh, tax on it, you know, right. because mm-hmm. you make your income tax. Is, you know, I think it's capital, capital, capital profit. You know, you have to pay something because you make money. You have to pay the government, you know. So I want to, I, I, I go into real estate because of the, you know, tax benefit, the long-term gain, not just the short term. And buy and hold, to the best of my knowledge, is still the number one strategy to fully maximize, you know, what real estate can do for you. Right. Right. Perfect. So, so you came over here from Nigeria, 2014, went to school, played around with a few jobs, uh, got into real estate. Now who showed you how to do 
the burr to how to, how to, you know, get a loan? Who showed you all this? Is this just self-taught or did you take a course or how did that happen? Well, I would say um, it's my desire to succeed. Okay. I consume a lot of content. I'm very, very active on bigger pockets. Uh, you know, I'm a student of bigger pocket, 100%. Uh, 90% or 80% of what I know is from bigger pocket. Right. And then watching random YouTube videos from people that have done it. Um, I don't have a mentor. I never had one. Really? Uh, you know, I might have one in the future, but <laughs> I don't have one. So I, I would say self-taught and that desire, that burning desire to succeed. So you look for the information and as I consume the information, I apply it. And as you can see behind me, it's a lot of books. A lot of books. I, I read a lot of books. I I like to take massive action. I just don't consume information, then sit on it. No. So I consume it, I act on it. Consume it and act on it. So, and that's that's what you're saying today because um, when I read something, I try to put it into practice. It's a waste of my time and energy to read something or listen to something, then I didn't not do it. Yeah. So um, I don't have a mentor. It's self thoughts and uh, it's a lot of online resources. Bigger Pocket is a you know chunk part of that uh, you know that journey. Right. So now you mentioned that you have this burning desire, right? Where did that come from? What is what is your why? Is it your family? Is it you want to be a millionaire? What, what what's going on in that brain? Well, that's a very good question. My big why, why I'm doing this, is right. to build generational wealth. I didn't come from. I never have any silver spoon in you know. So it was, it was, there was, as a matter of fact, there was no spoon. <laughs> in Africa, we use our hand to eat. So there was no spoon. So I needed to create a spoon. I needed to like, you know, redefine, you know, my family story. And um, I tried, like I said, I tried a couple of businesses to be able to redefine that story, but they all failed. So real estate was one that kind of like showed me that, hey, you can actually do this. And I studied real estate very well. As a matter of fact, I went in to get a real estate license. You know, you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be an agent to invest in real estate, you know, but I see that as an opportunity to even help people and make money, you know, by representing people to buy and sell real estate, which is a strategy for me to even uh, give myself momentum, you know, to buy more real estate because if you're buying real estate, 20% down payment, how much 20% can you raise in one year. So you need other source of income to be able to act as a catalyst to buy more real estate. So I sell real estate because I want to buy more real estate. That is my strategy. So um, yeah, my big why is you know to help my family to create a generational wealth to be able to escape from poverty, you know, and um, to be able to um, you know decide to walk anytime I want to walk. Mm -hmm. so, nice. COVID and COVID is a good example. You know, people that Absolutely. were like, thinking about you know uh, real estate or anything else or a side also now all of them are picking up side also because they've seen that hey that W two is not guaranteed. So yeah, right. Awesome. That makes sense. So uh, well, we can go jump right ahead and oh, so you you educated yourself, uh, you got that passion. What was your what was the first action you took uh, after the education kind of phase? Well, first action I took was to, you know, I talked to hard money lenders because I know I don't have the money. I talked to hard money lenders. I got pre-approved. I got very active on Facebook local group, okay. you know, groups, actually, you know, there are a lot of them. 
and I start seeing the deals from wholesalers keep coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, I start analyzing them, even though I never talk to them, you know, but because I know uh, if I talk to them, I want to hack. So there's no point talking to them if I know it doesn't make sense for me. Right. So I keep dropping my email address and they keep sending it to me. Eventually, there was this one that just popped up one day. I just look at it. Boom. I gave him a call. You know, before you know, I went to see it. It makes sense. I talked to my ad money guys. They are very experienced. They've done it many times. And, um, you know, I can give them a shout out. Shout out to Jet Lending. So Jet Lending is, um, is the hard money guy. Rob Trigg is my loan officer. And you look at it, hey, Wally, this makes sense for you. You know, it makes sense for all. We're going to loan you money. I think they eventually loan me 65%. You okay. know, what does that mean? It means that I have a good deal. Mm-hmm. Because they always lend you up to 70%. That's how ad money works. But they lend me 65 because, hey, and it was no money out of pocket because it was a good deal. And I found this through a wholesaler. So on a Facebook group, local Facebook group. Okay. And, the, and the wholesaler is even based in Las Vegas. So it's, mm-hmm. it was virtually wholesaling. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised you found a deal from Facebook. I, I mean, I'm, I'm in those, those chats as well. And I see these yeah. terrible deals come through the pipeline. Like yeah. Yeah. 10,000 right we now, have, 400,000 right ARV and terrible. Yeah, right now it's a different market. Wholesalers are even asking for top dollar for their properties. So it's very competitive for somebody that is trying to jump in right now. It doesn't mean there is no deal out there. Right, you right. will just have to sift through a lot of them. And right. you need you need to ha- you have you you have you need a lot of education because if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get born. Because a wholesaler mm-hmm. is gonna inflate the ARV for you. And if you don't know <laughs> how to correctly get the ARV or you you have no prior experience or you have no partner to bounce that deal off, you know, you're going to overpay. And once you overpay, you, you already start very wrong. And the, right. the, the ending might not be very good. Right. So, I, I could tell Austin has a couple of questions, but Austin, real quick, let me ask him. Uh, so how many deals you said you had to sift through a lot of deals? How many deals did you have to sift through? And how long ago was this first deal that you did? Um, I, I would probably say before I, actually close on my first uh, deal, I probably see through roughly 62. I would say, wow. yeah, say 62 properties. But it, this is it. The first 10, 15 were the hardest one. After that first 10, you know, after the first 10, it got easier because the highs has now been trained to be able to spot, you know, the same thing. There's right. already a template. You just go ahead and I, I don't even change some things again. I just leave everything. Just change the purchase price and some minor, minor things and, you know, hey, does it make sense? You know, or do I even like that neighborhood? You know, and all those things. So, but I would say the first 10 were the one that, you know, took a lot for me. But after those first 10, I get very good at analyzing deal because that's the rule of the game. The more you analyze, the better you get at, you know, doing them faster. You know, it's just like a learning curve, you know, learning curve. Once you, the beginning is tough, but once you get to some point, you jump up. Right. And how long ago was this? This was in 2020, actually. No yeah. way. So you did your first deal last year. I did my first. I closed on my first deal in May. I think today's what? Woo! May 5. It was on May 5. Today is May oh, over, Just a little over yeah. a year ago. A little over a year. A go. year and one week. Wow. Yeah, wow. one week ago. Yeah. But again, you see the way I'm sounding as if I've been doing this for like five, ten years. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's that burning desire. You know, this is <laughs> you know, this is a podcast. So, you know, this is a it's a desire. I learned a lot. I a lot of delayed gratification, a lot of overnight, you know, studying or learning stuff, doing stuff, 
a lot of um, self-sacrifices, you know. So when I'm talking to people as an agent, as an investor, they always give me no more than five years experience. You know, mm-hmm. even though I've been an, around investing, you know, you know, of course, like I said, I've been consuming content, but I never jumped in until 2020, May 2020. So, and, uh, but maybe I've been around investing for one year, 2019. So overall, I'll probably say I have maybe uh, two and a half years. So, but I've been able to do a lot because of my burning desire to push, to go for stuff, to learn, because you don't, you can't uh, convince anybody or nobody's going to take you serious if you don't know what you're right. So, so you had to, you had to know your stuff. You had to learn it. You got to know your stuff and you have mm-hmm. to be confident and you need to have that positive energy yeah. to be able to like, you know, even convey what you know for somebody right. to believe you. Yeah. So uh, back to the, the first deal that you had. So you, you got a wholesaler, basically you found on Facebook, uh, you, you got the deal. Uh, were there any mistakes that you made in that process of purchasing the property or yeah. Uh, in the in the process of rehabbing it before you got your first tenant in there, and then, yeah, and then what was the result of that deal? Do you still have it? I mean, hopefully you do. Is yeah, I have the deal. Uh, I think I bought the deal for. Uh, it, actually, uh, this is a quick one. The wholesaler made about I think twenty nine or thirty thousand dollars on that deal. <laughs> so he got a very very super great deal. So, mm-hmm. and hey, I don't mind. It still makes sense for me. Right. And if it doesn't even make sense, they had money, guys, they're not going to lend on it in the first place. So they lend on it and they didn't even lend me up to 70%. They lend me 65%, which means it makes sense of a deal for them. So I got it for, I think, $72,000. I put in about $30,000 into it. That's about uh, $102,000. Mm-hmm. He appraised for one fifty nine or so. Wow. Nice. So now I refinance, then I let some equity in the property. So it was a three bedroom, one and a half bath. Okay. It converted it to a four bedroom, two and a half bath. So pretty much okay. I converted the garage, you know, to a master bedroom and a master toilet. Okay. So I created additional one bedroom and bath. So okay. it became a four bedroom, two and a half bath. And you did you did all that with thirty grand? I did all of that with thirty wow. grand. So the the lessons learned was just that um, you need to do a lot of work with a contractor because um, I had to fire a contractor in the middle of the rehab. Mm. It wasn't very funny, but that was what I had to go through. Um, which um, even seasoned investors still have issue with contractors. So they are just different human beings. Uh, they have, they don't, most of them, not all of them don't have your interest at heart. Mm-hmm. They just care about their own quick book, move to the next one. Very few of them is willing to build a long-term relationship with you, you know, and again, as a new investor, I have no track record. So, um, you know, the contractor probably just think he can, you know, move around with me or do some things. And I said, nope, I'm not going to take this. After two, three warning, I have to end our relationship bring in another contractor to finish the job. And at that point, I actually brought in a, a subcontractor. You know, okay. then I then I managed the subcontractor to the end of the project myself, which I didn't want to do at the beginning, but I was forced mm-hmm. to do that. So, so what did what did the contractor do wrong for uh, for you to have? Uh, was, it, was it a quick decision or was it like, a, okay, I'm going to give you... It was, I made that decision over two weeks. So which kind of dragged my project additional two weeks. So I, I gave him like three warnings. Like, hey, what's going okay. on? He doesn't show up at work. 
he lied too much and uh, he doesn't even pay his con- subcontractor so mm. that was the so it was over two weeks like you know what i've given him some time nothing has changed also he doesn't answer his phone call yeah oh, that's a problem i, I gave you money you don't answer the phone you know yeah. and you know if you use hard money every day count you're, yeah. you're paying interest only you're paying interest on that money you better get in and get out from the project or you're going to continue to pay interest mm-hmm. so i was it was hurting me and i'm like okay you know what i need to end this relationship but luckily we already solved the a larger part or the complicated part of the project so it was just you know the you know the what's the call uh sheet rock installing something flooring those are things i can you know manage through myself and that was what i did so mm-hmm. it's renting right now i still hold the property uh it's in houston on high 45 okay um, it's renting for 1425 you know and i think my mortgage is about uh 1200 or so so i'm making about 225 dollar cash flow nice the property. so um is happy is rented to happy tenant they, they love it mm-hmm. they enjoy you know they like the house everything was done like you know, new roof, new siding, new flooring, new paint. Everything was almost new, almost everything. So they love it because everybody want to live in a nice place. So, yeah. And now did the did the extra bathroom and bedroom help rent it out? or? Yes. Yes. It, of course, it, rent, it helped. I probably will be renting it for like uh, maybe around twelve fifty or 1300 without. Oh, so that would have messed so up. It, it would have been breaking even almost. Huh? And that is a quick one for any new investor. Before you start adding value, start converting the garage to additional room, you have to make sure the comps, Yeah, you know, both the renter comps and the sales comps supports, you know, that idea of adding square foot of having bedroom. Other than that, if you do that, you just wasted money because people, there are some neighborhood that, hey, no matter what you do to this property, it's not going to sell more than this particular dollar amount. So you want to quickly do your research. Hey, four bedroom here, how much is it renting for? versus three bedroom if they're renting for the same thing just go ahead and do the minor rehab you have to do and rent out your three bedroom two bath don't have any square foot or anything so right that's so, a good one. so learn what the area is renting for learn the comps um before you make this this decision because that is that is number one thing you have to do don't just jump in oh i can convert the garage to additional bedroom that is fine but hey how does that help you are you going to get mm-hmm. increase in rents if you want to sell it, are you going to be able to sell it more? Or in this area, people just like three bedroom, two bath, and keep it like that. Don't change it. So, did you find being a uh, a real estate agent was made that easier to understand the comps and stuff, or you feel like you would have done that without? Of course, that's that's the thing. I wanted to be a savvy investor. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Actually, actually, as a matter of fact, I actually got my license because I think it's a tool. Because I'm in this for a long time. This is not a short-term thing for me. I keep saying that. I'm, I'm in this for a long time. And for me to be on this for a long time, I better equip myself to be able to, you know, weather the storm, to be able to be a good swimmer, you know, in the ocean of real estate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I had to, like, get my license because being a licensed agent, you know, you're going to learn more from an investor side, from a cons- consumer side, from what happened behind the scene. Yeah. behind the scene of every real estate transaction they have a story so that helped me to see what is happening behind the scene and how to equip myself so of course being an agent helped me but you don't have to be an agent to be able to invest in real estate but if you think you want to be very creative you're looking for ways to save money on your deals and you're going to be doing a lot of deals not just one deal in a year 
then it might be make sense to you know to get your license so mm-hmm. to answer your question yes it helped me as an agent because i run comps for myself i yeah. talk to other agents i see what is happening in the market something that a, a non-licensed person might not be able to do mm-hmm. or you might be able to do that by leveraging on an on an experienced agent and also not so many agents are investor agent that was another issue i ran into so i'm like okay hey you know what don't get this in yourself bro yeah yeah so so not so many agents are investor agent you know not so many agents can help you to buy your investment they're hard to find yeah because so i decided to and i decided to go that hard route of you know differentiating yourself you know of being an investor agent you know and because they are hard to find because let me tell you the number one reason because investors like to crush numbers investors are not going to close on a deal real quick Investors yeah. want to sip a lot of property before they make a decision. And the real estate agent don't, don't get paid until a transaction closed. So you, you, the, the investors are going to be a time wasters for them. Right. They want something that will close quickly mm-hmm. and they make their 3% commission move to the next one. That's why you don't see a lot of investor agents. Right. So, yeah. And we that we chose that hard route, hard route, you know, of, being an investor agent, we have to be very strategic with our approach and strategy of working with clients. So that's why I don't work with time wasters. I know them. Once I see them, I know how to screen them out. I'm not the best for you right. because I've seen that you're not going to close it during the next 90 days or, or even six months. Right. Yeah. Now, you, are we time wasters? Can you tell? <laughs> No, 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 you, you guys are not time wasters. We're just having fun here and we're trying to educate people. So um, uh, and even if you don't have everything, if I see the atoms of, you know, you want to take instructions or direction, I, I'm always still willing to, you know, lend that one or two support. Right. But if I give that support, do this, do that, and, and, it's you, know, not there. and you didn't do it, of course, I let you know, hey, don't come back to me until you do this thing. So if I didn't hear back from there, automatically that thing wasn't done. It's an easy yeah. decision for me. Right. It's a screening. You're, hey, you want to become an agent? Okay. Go do this, this, this. When you've done that, come back to me. Two months, three months, four months. I didn't hear back from them. That means they didn't do that thing. Yeah. Because not so many people can go through the pain. It's a sacrifice. It's a burning desire again. You have, you have to really want that thing. So, but not so many people want it. People just talk about it. They, don't they, think about they, it. they, they are not willing to put in the work. They are not willing to... Uh, delay their gratification. They want that result right now. Doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. They are not willing to sacrifice extra hours, you know, for that long term gain. Yeah. So. Right. So after that, after that first deal, uh, how many more have you done in the last year? Uh, or you're still working on your second deal? Or explain. <laughs> you can go ahead and okay. start talking about that. I currently have. Um, I currently have. Right now, I closed on a new construction about uh, 10 days ago. Okay. Um, so that was for my daughter to pay a college education. I, don't I saw that on sh- yeah. your Instagram. Yeah, yeah thank cool. you, sir. I didn't want to, I didn't want to cover that, you know, college fund in next 15 years when she's ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. She's currently three years old. Okay. And she's now a landlord. You know, she's going to be learning about real estate. I'm teaching them. Again, I it awesome. tied down, it tied it back to like, I want to build, I want to break that um, generational know, thing that generational thing and i'm trying to teach my own kids as early as possible 
Yeah. I didn't have that opportunity, right? So I'm trying to give that to my children. So the new construction is going to be, you know, hopefully in that 15 years time, it will have been paid off and hopefully double its its, its value, mm -hmm. you know, or if, if it doesn't double its value, at least it should worth, you know, 70% more. So 70% mm -hmm. meaning that if I bought it for $200,000, you know, in the next uh, 15 years, it should at least worth maybe $350,000 or so. Yeah. You know, so that's what I'm looking at. And again, tying it back to another to the investment, which other investment is going to do that for you? Yeah, right. Talk is not going to do that for you, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's real estate. And while I'm holding that, the tenant is paying the rent for me. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I'm still going to cash flow. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, so, there you go. So those are the things. So to answer your question, I currently have three single families that are already with tenants in it, and mm -hmm. I. I have um, a four units under contract in Beaumont, Texas. A four unit is a distressed property. You need everything. Wow. Is a fixer upper. Okay, is that the one you're turning into a, a nine unit apartment complex? Is that... No, I'm gonna to get to that one. No, I'm sorry, okay. didn't mean to spoil have, that further. <laughs> so I have four units under contract closing next week. Okay. Okay. So, so that would be three plus four. That would be seven. Now, wow. in addition to that, I have a nine unit ongoing right now we are doing rehab right now in liberty texas mm -hmm. okay. so i use the word we because i have a partner on this one and it's a 50 50 split so okay. so you can add four and a half units plus uh what's it called plus seven so seven. i have 11 11 and a half units wow. if you want to put it that way so within a year so by june july i will have 12 doors to my name mm -hmm. so Nice. So that's, awesome. that, that's how long the uh, the nine unit renovation is going to take? Uh, it's going to take three months. Okay. So okay. three months, we're looking at completing it maybe early August. Yeah, I think I, I watched uh, watched that whole video you posted. And you said it was like, how much for rehab? 220000 200? Yeah, that's a lot of rehab. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we bought the property for, I think, $64,000. No way. But we pay the taxes for the seller because you have to manage. That's one of the things. Again, sure. the wholesale, that was a wholesale deal. My partner works for BP. He's a working professional like me, okay. but he's always off every other Friday. Every other Friday is off. Mm -hmm. So he uses that his off day to wholesale pretty much. He's wholesaling. He doesn't really drive around. He just mail out letters, you know. And so he, hopefully he somebody will. He found the deal through mail. He bring it to me. I look at it. It makes sense. I jump on it. We form an LLC, and mm -hmm. here we are. So he he reached out to you from a mailer that that returned. No, it. he didn't reach out to me. He found the deal. Okay. And he went to bigger pockets. Like, okay. hey, I have this this deal coming up. Who, who is going to be a potential partner? You know, I kind of message him, and we set up a Zoom call. I look at the deal. I look at the numbers. You know, I brought mm -hmm. my, I took my GC there. We did some, you know, crush numbers on how much it's going to cost to fix it and how much we are buying it. And we also estimated the ARV and it makes sense. I, I partner with him and um, we form an LLC and uh, we close on the property on that LLC and oh, using hard money. We use, we're using hard money to, to fund it. Okay. Um, okay. So that's a lot. So you got the first two you did last May. You got your daughter's house, you got the four unit, and then you got this nine, the one you're turning into a nine unit. Is that, is that all the? 
I'm still after, missing one, after, right? Okay, in May 20... In, okay, let me tell you quickly how my journey went. In May 2020, I closed on my first rental property. In, um, I think sometimes in, uh, let's see. Now, yeah, in May 2020, I closed on my first rental property. In August, I closed on a flip. So okay. meaning that I bought a property that is distressed. Right. I, fixed, I fixed it up. I appreciated it. And uh, I bought that one for $39,000. I put about seventy-two into it. I sold it for, it was sold for one forty-two. So all said and done, I made $29,000. Nice. Okay. So that is my second deal. In between that flip, I wholesale one property in Cyprus. I make $8,000 assignment fee. And after that one, I did in, that was a, the wholesale deal was in September. And um, sometimes in uh, October, I closed on another rental property in Spring, Texas. Okay. So if you're adding it up together, so I'm not even adding those wholesale Uh, deal or the, to my, yeah. I just count portfolio wise. So, and um, in September, 20, in uh, October, I closed on my second rental, mm-hmm. right? And um, in May, sorry, in April 30th, I closed on my third, you know, rental, single family. And in by next week, I will be closing on my, uh, sorry, uh, by in February, in February, I closed on that nine units uh-huh. with my partner. And in, uh, you know, in April, I closed on the rental, the new construction for my daughter. And uh, in, by next week, I'll be closing on the four units. So the momentum actually happened a lot, you know, in the last part of 2020, that was when everything really mm-hmm. showed up. But it's an accumulation of the things I've been consuming, the things I've been doing, but you start seeing them, you know, you start seeing action. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, what, what, how are you financing all these deals? Is it still through uh, your credit cards? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Well, for now, um, I'm not really using credit card. I use ad money. So, um, you know, that's why you have to look for a good deal. 70% of ARV is the rule. If it can even be better, that's good. So that means you don't, you want, you won't have to come out of pocket with any money. Mm-hmm. So, but the current market is very, very tough to get um, a property that will be seventy percent of ARV. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, a lot of, as a matter of fact, a lot of wholesalers are using eighty to ninety percent rule. Wow. So, I mean, to buy, to even get something under contract, because the sellers are also aware that hey, I can sell this thing on MLS and get the top dollar for my property. So why should I be selling off market to a wholesaler that is looking for deal? So mm-hmm. those are the challenges, but the good wholesalers are still finding a deal. You know, they're still finding a deal, but you know what they will do? Once they find that deal, they want to get top dollar for that deal. Yeah, right. They didn't pay top dollar for it because they probably know what they're doing and they know how to follow up follow up with the seller but once they get that deal they are looking for top dollar as a matter of fact they are even finding a way to list a wholesale deal on mls <laughs> wow i'm sure you so, don't know that right <laughs> yeah yeah so hold on one second you said something a minute ago uh uh so could you explain the 70 percent rule to the listeners that don't know uh, what okay 70 percent rule means that you buy the property 70 percent of arv I will use a simple number. If the ARV, ARV means after repair value. Right. After repair value. So you buy, you see this property is in a distressed condition, is in a mess. 
after we fix this property, how much does it worth? How much is a regular buyer going to be willing to pay for it? That is ARV. So now, 70% of ARV means that buy it at 70% value of after it is all said and done. So if the ARV is if the ARV is $100,000, then you should be buying it at $70,000 minus the repair. Mm-hmm. Minus the repair. So if the ARV is $100,000 and it doesn't need any repair, pay, pay $70,000 for that property. That's it. But if you need repair, you need to re- subtract the $10,000, for example, let's say $10,000 repair, you subtract the $10,000 from the $70,000 left, then you should be paying $60,000 to buy that property. That is the simple 70% rule. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Okay. Awesome. And then and, I know you can, you can expand it to 80% rule, 90% rule, 82%, 87%. You can stay in between. It's just the same thing. You know, 0. 0.80 multiplied by the ARV minus repair. Right. That mm-hmm. is your you know, whatever rule you want to call it. So, nice. okay, so it's very popular. Quick one. It's very popular because hard money use that rule to lend buy, you money. Yeah. If you, if you get a deal that is it, if you buy a deal at, if you buy a deal at 80% ARV, 70 or 90% of AR, of hard money lenders are only going to borrow you up to 70%. 70%. What does that mean? You're going to come out of pocket with that difference to be able to, you know, successfully complete that proper, that, that, that project. And it could mean that that extra 10%, you have to come out of pocket with that. And mostly it will be happening at the repair time. You know, they will, they will fund the, all the purchase, but your repair costs will be short because they can only borrow you 70000 on the $100,000 worth of property. So what, what does that mean? You might have to come out of pocket to complete the repair. But if it still makes sense for you and your only available option is hard money, I will still do it because I know that I'm, I'm leaving equity in that property, you know, right. or, yeah. is it, or is a very, is a highly sorted after neighborhood or there's a lot of things that is pushing that neighborhood, a lot of other things. So it doesn't mean that if it doesn't mean, uh, it doesn't, if it doesn't meet the 70% rule is a bad deal. It doesn't mean that way. Mm-hmm. It just means that hard money lenders will use 70% for you. If you have the extra cash to finish the repair, I will still do it. Gotcha. So uh, could you go into a little bit more detail on how you go about getting the hard money loan yeah, uh, you for kinda, the property? You kind of mentioned that that was the first thing you did and you didn't have any experience. So how did you yeah. talk to that lender while making it seem like you knew what you were doing, having that five years of experience? Like you well, I, I think... Um, um, any hard money lenders have to take some risk. That's, they have some level of risk they have to take. As a new investor, they just want to see that, hey, you have some cash reserve, you know, and also you have a stable job. I'm an engineer. You know, I make decent income. So, okay, he's making income. I also show them my 401k because, again, it's a risk versus reward for them. They are taking some risk, but they look at the deal you have. Hey, it makes sense. Whatever happened, even if he doesn't know what he's doing, we just kick him out, sell the property, we sell it, we recover our money back. You know, that's their own safety net to right. sell that property and recover their money and borrow it to the next person. And that is how lending works. Either conventional, hard money, private, you know, whatever mm-hmm. partnership you call it, 
That's why you're giving them equity in the property. So they have a lien. They call it lien on the house. If you default, like foreclosure, that's what happened in foreclosure. They foreclose the property and repossess it and sell it in the auction or on MLS. If you couldn't sell it in auction, they get their money back. They borrow it mm-hmm. to somebody else. You know, but you will have affected that person that they foreclosed on because when they foreclose on you, it go on your credit report yeah. for, seven, for seven years. Yeah, that'll mess so, it up. So they, they believe in me because they saw my energy. They saw that I've educated myself, but I don't have a deal under my belt, but I have the education. I also have the finances to back it up. Now, hey, mm-hmm. this is the reserve. And hard money lenders will always ask you for a reserve. How a much reserve. in reserves? Reserve are typically about 20, 20, 25 to 30% of the amount they are borrowing you. Okay. So if they are borrowing you $100,000, for example, they want to see $25,000 sitting in your account. Liquid, mm-hmm. liquid in your savings liquid. account. It could be liquid. Some of them are creative. They can use credit card. They can use your 401k. Okay. They can use your stock. They just want something that you can easily use. Okay. Something you can easily sell or turn to turn to a catch yeah you probably might not use your vehicle you know you just maybe like hey have money in my 401k i can easily withdraw this money how mm-hmm. i have this money in stock i can sell this thing and cash this money how or you, the one they like the most is that cash sitting in your bank account i'm sure that's the best one but uh if you are really strong enough they can still do that for you and relationship get better over time with hard money lenders the more deal you do with them the better terms you're gonna get yeah the so better time right now i'm getting building up a relationship right now i'm getting them. nine i think i'm getting 9.9 percent but i started with 13 percent okay wow. yeah. they really like you now you've brought them like a bunch <laughs> yeah, of deals I, I think i've closed three deal with them and they're also the one funding this um four units in, in beaumont so okay nice okay so uh you got all these deals now and you use uh hard money for all of them yes hard money for all of them but eventually i will be you know stepping out of hard money, you know, start working with some private, you know, yeah. guys, because now I have my network. People really want to do business with me, but I've been very conservative in taking people's money because I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And I also want to make sure that I have a solid deal before taking people's money. Okay. So, so now this is a selfish question I'm going to ask because this is sort of my strategy. I want to go straight into multifamily or commercial buildings, right? So I want mm-hmm. to syndicate through this, and I don't have any experience, as you know. What, what are you? What are your thoughts on this? I, I saw that laugh. <laughs> well, you're gonna have a time because um, when you're talking about syndication, you're raising money with people, right? right. People want to see your track record. Mm-hmm. You know, people want to see what you've done. You know, even me, as I've done one or two things, I can easily do it, but I'm still like, okay, let me even get more, even more mm-hmm. on my bill. So that way, it's a very easy. I just show you my past transaction. I don't have to talk so much. Mm-hmm. You want to jump in, or the next guy is gonna, you know, partner with me. You know, yeah. because you've seen what I've done, I can do that. But for you, you're gonna do a lot of, you know, stuff. I will say, hey, get two, three, or four, four, you know, property under your belt first, or transaction under your belt. It could be flip, you know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be buy and hold. You know, I would say do four, four, five deals before you start syndication. You know, it could be single family, it could be multi-family. That's what I would say. You know, except you want to syndicate with your friends that really, really trust you, that you're a very good guy, you're not going to lose their money or your family member. But if you want to raise money with outsiders, they want to see your track record. They right. call it 
proof of concept. So you think you think that uh, single family uh, track record is good enough for these? Uh... Yeah, it's a jump. You know, you can, if you do four or five single family and you consistently profit from them, then it's just going to be a scale. I'm just scaling it from single family to maybe a quad, a, a fourplex. Of, or you've done one of one fourplex, you've done two single family, then this one is a 32 unit. You know, mm-hmm. you go from there. Don't just say, I want to buy 100 unit apartment with zero experience. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. People can do it if you have the money. But if you're going to be raising money from people, you're going to be soliciting. <laughs> because at that point, you're soliciting. Mm-hmm. But if you have had the experience, you're not soliciting. You are bringing them opportunity. Right. And you want to be in a position to talk as an authority to, um, hey, I'm bringing you opportunity. I'm not asking you for money. Do you want it? Or the next guy is going to jump on it. But with zero deal, you're going to be soliciting. You're going to have a time convince. You are trying to convince. <laughs> right. You're trying to convince them. And you don't want to do that. You want to like show them, hey, I'm bringing you opportunity. Is this something you're going to be interested in? Or you know someone that is interested as compared to, hey, please, I need you to borrow me this money. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, perfect. Yeah. So, uh, so while you, you've got all these deals under your belt, what is, what is kind of your, your path now? What is your goals? What are some of your goals? Where are you, where are you going? I'm expanding to multifamily. Okay. okay. I can't keep buying single family. Um, I'm looking to have more doors. Um, my long-time goal is to syndicate, you know, those large apartments, 200 unit, 500 unit. I want to be, you know, mm-hmm. that guy that is putting that deal together. Um, my from next year, I want to go into commercial, you know, and my commercial again, real estate is very wide. When you say commercial, what kind of commercial is it right. office space? Is it, um, industrial. Is, it, is, it, is, it is it industrial? Shopping is center. it, uh, you know, shopping center? Is it large commercial land? Mine is going to be multi family commercial, meaning that okay. re- I'm still staying residential, you know, but it's going to be going to be big 500 600 units 1000 units those are the kind of thing and you make better money there and also you scale quickly instead of me buying single family just buy one property address but have several units you know but again it comes with a lot of education it comes with some track record it's very hard for you to say you want to jump from nothing to go and buy 100 units even the bank might not even trust you Except yeah. you have all your all cash, you want to buy yourself, absolutely, because it's your cash. If you lose it, nobody cares. You're going to be the one crying behind your door. <laughs> right? So, Perfect. but the bank going to borrow you money. Hey, you want to buy 100 unit? What have you done before? Because we're going to be borrowing you 80% of this money. You're putting mm-hmm. 20% down. Let's say you're buying a house of 200, 200 uh, let's, let me use, let me keep it simple, $2 million. No, $1 million. Let me use a very random number. One million dollars. You're gonna be putting down, what was it called, two hundred thousand yeah, dollars, right? So, you see, your own is very small. They are borrowing you eight hundred thousand. They want to make sure, hey, you have the experience and the resources to be able to, you know, complete this transaction. So they want to mm-hmm. see that. So you have to start. It's an elephant. You can't hit elephant. You have to be eating it piece by piece. You know. And as you do one or two, three things, you can easily shoot yourself up to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. Just like the way I'm progressing. Yeah. You don't have to take my, you know, my way, but I know you're going to have a time. Want to jump from zero unit to 100 unit. You're going to have a very hard time. Definitely. So and your number one thing will be your financing. Right. Right. So uh, 
you've been you've been investing in real estate for a little over a year now. When do you plan on jumping into this multifamily? Multifamily, I'm already jumping into it. I have a nine. Yeah, units. you got the nine units. So I already, I'm already doing. I'm just saying, as an agent, you know, being able to represent. I've also sold four units. You know, I've sold multifamily. But in real estate agency, in real estate world, anything more than five units is regarded as multifamily. So four units I sold is still in the residential realm. It's still the same contract. It's still the same loan. Mm-hmm. But once you step outside that four and you want to buy five units and above, it becomes a commercial loan. And the commercial loan interest rate is higher. And that's when people start buying in an LLC and all those things, mm-hmm. you know, because it's commercial loan. So um, so I'm, when I say I'm jumping into it, meaning that I want to be able to represent a client, I want to buy 100 units. And that will be happening by next year. Next year? Um, yeah. There we go. Awesome. So, but, but I'm already, but I already bought multi unit for myself. We closed on a nine units, right? But this is off market deal, and there was no agency involved. It's just, hey, I'm the buyer. Sell to me. I didn't bring myself as an agent in, or my partner is also an agent. You know, he didn't bring himself as a as an agent. We just want to buy this property from you. Nobody's getting any commission. We just want to solve this problem for you, because the taxes was even hitting the the owner alive. That was his problem. So. Yeah. Right. So what are the next little actionable steps you have to take toward buying this hundred unit deal? Um, I'm improving my network, you know, um, improving my relationship with people that already talk to me that I already know. Um, also uh, working on the, the proof of concept document where I'm compiling all my past deal <laughs> mm-hmm. to be able to show somebody, Hey, this is what's going on. I want to be, I'm looking, I'm currently looking for hundred units. When that happens, are you going to be one of them that will jump on it? Syndication. Yeah. Syndication, right? So I'm doing that. I'm working on that document. We call it the proof of concept document where I will show the numbers, the pictures of before and after, how much mm-hmm. I make, maybe screenshot my bank account, whatever, you know, yeah. make people comfortable. Make them right. comfortable to be able to trust you with their money. That is what I'm yeah. trying to do in the next two to three building months. That, building that trust. Building so that. my network, also network. And, um, you know, that's, thing that, that's the step I'm taking in there. Because like I said, the big problem you're going to find is the money. You can find the deal. The deal will not come easy, but you can find them on LoopNet, on Trulia, networking with brokers, you know, off-market deal, doing your own even direct mail to sellers. But when you get that deal, how are you going to fund it? Yeah. That is the big thing. So funding it is strategic. So I'm going to fund it with the people. I don't want to go hard money. I don't want to go to the bank. I probably will not get a better terms. And also, I'm not looking for a ready to move in house. I'm looking you for a house time. I want to appreciate. I want to force the appreciation. Most bank might not lend on that. Yeah. So and if I'm using hard money for a bigger kind of deal, they're going to be eating me too much on the on the on their own fees. So I'm trying to cut all those things and also control my deal 100% by bringing in a private, you know, partner or lenders uh, that would just be, uh, what's it called, um, uh, interest only payments, no equity in the deal, you know, or if if it's possible, I can have something they call a general partner, limited partner, you know, all those kind of things. So those are syndication, multifamily rent, you know, and as I'm doing this, I'm also educating myself more. Yeah, because I like to talk from the point of, hey, I know what I'm saying. I don't like somebody asking me something. Oh, am I going to explain that? 
because hey, you, you want trust. You can't right. get it if you don't know what, what what you're doing. So I'm educating myself more. I have a bunch of books, you know. Um, I think this one I'm reading right now is how to make big money in a, in small apartments or so. Uh, something mm-hmm. like, I forgot his name, so I have it here. So, um, so education. I'm, number one, I'm doing. I'm improving my network. I'm working on a proof of concept document. It's going to be a PDF where you have your past deal, the numbers, you know, and few, you know, couple of words on why they should invest with you. So with those things, I would just, you know, be looking for, oh, who is, does this guy have the right mindset to even introduce this thing to him? If yes, I talk to him or her. And um, if they agree to it, I'll say, okay, hold on. You are my list. Should anything pop up, I'll send email to all of them. And, you know, the money will be transferred, I believe, to the title company. It's not going to be coming to my account. And it will be a construction draw. We're going to draw the money from there to be able to purchase and the rehab as they progress. So, Nice. Awesome. Okay. So I, I see you've got quite a few books back there. How many have you read? You know? Well, I would say I have read like 70% of all the books on my, uh, my what's it called, on my chair. I'm even trying to have a bigger share because yeah, I'm just some of them are not even taking they're not occupying that space again. That's one. But when I say seventy percent of them, seventy percent of them, maybe I have flipped only two or three of those pages. But I listen to them. That's mm-hmm. the way I read. But I still need to have them because I may need to reference it to somebody or I may need to just have some time. I just want to flip it over, you know, the pages mm-hmm. if I really have time, but which I doubt. You know, but I listen to Audible, by Audible books, you know, and even, you know, free YouTube, all these books are on YouTube. So just listen to them. So that's how I read. I consume content while I'm driving, you know, while I'm, you know, waiting on something. I always keep listening to something. All of them are some uh, real estate, 100%. I don't watch TV. I don't, I don't listen to radio. Always learning. Except the storm is coming up. Hey, let me know what the weather is talking about. That's it. Other than that, I'm just learning on the mm-hmm. go, you know, except when I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. you sound like you don't get much sleep at all with all uh, working <laughs> as an engineer. <laughs> yeah, I only get no about, uh, I think on the average, I get about seven hours sleep. I still try anything yeah. from, uh, I would say anything from 11 p.m. till 6 p.m. I'm on my bed. Nothing mm-hmm. else. But sometimes if I couldn't sleep, I might wake up and jump on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of sacrifice. It's a delayed gratification that a lot of people are not willing to put in the work, yeah. but they want to get the same result. It doesn't work that way. That's not how it works. It doesn't it doesn't work that way. You have to you know sacrifice. Definitely. You have to let go of friends. I don't have a lot of friends because you can't deal with my lifestyle. <laughs> All right. We'll be your but friend. in five years' time, in five years' time, they will probably oh, we should have joined, jump on this thing that this guy was doing that that, that that in 2020, you know, because they will have seen oh, he has been able to do it by himself. Okay, yeah. awesome. Okay, perfect. So while wrapping things up here, uh, last two questions: What is your major takeaway? What do you want our listeners to know? What do you want them to have learned from you today? whether it's action, whether it's passion, what, what do you want them to know? What is, their, what is the major takeaway? Well, I want them to uh, go back to the drawing board and maybe close the door for a few hours or a few minutes and really understand why do they want to even get into real estate investing 
or if they're already investing, why did they jump into real estate investing in the first place and, you know, renew the com the, their commitment with themselves. So by knowing their big why, why are you doing this? Why do you want to make money in real estate? Why do you want to join into real estate? Is it for your college fund? Is it for your family? Is it for yourself? Is it that you want to escape your nine to five rat race? Or what? What is that why? When they now decide on the why, this is my why, then they should decide on which aspect of real estate they're going to use. What, what strategy of real estate would they use to achieve that? Real estate is very wide. Trying to do everything is a, is a way not to do anything. So yeah. trying to do everything is a way not to do anything. So you ask, okay, you know what? I don't have a lot of money. I'm just going to start with wholesaling. But my long-term goal is to buy and hold, but I don't have the money. I need to start with wholesaling because with $200, you can, you can start wholesaling, mm -hmm. right? So when you close one or two deals on wholesaling, then you start maybe move up to flipping. Then when you flip, then you have more cash. Then as you're flipping, you continue to flip. I have people that are doing it. They flip and they buy an old parallel. You know, for mm -hmm. every one flip, they buy one renter. Every one flip, they buy one renter because they know that the renter is the way to be, but they need cash. They need some funds to be able to fund their purchase. So that could be their way. So they shouldn't try to do everything. So let me let me back up a little bit. Number one, they need to, you know, have, you know, themselves in the room and renew their commitment mm -hmm. while they jump into real estate. Number two, they should pick a strategy and go all in on that strategy for at least six months until they have success in that one strategy, they shouldn't try to do something else. After that is said and done, then they should start diversifying eventually the goal is to stick to one or two strategies, nothing more than that. So that's what I want them to take away. And for those that have just been consuming a lot of content and not acting, I would tell them that it's 80% of your mindset and 20% of the action you took. Because no matter how much content you consume, without lifting your finger, nothing is going to move. You have to move something. You have to push the wall. Push right. the wall until something, something changes. That's it. That's really good. That's awesome. Well, uh, before we go ahead and wrap things up, uh, we could talk to you forever. Uh, where can people find out more information about you? Uh, you have an Instagram. I know you said you were active on Bigger Pockets. Uh, just where, where can uh, we find out more about you? Well, the first place to hook up with me would be on my Instagram page at wale underscore lawal at W-A-L-E underscore L-A-W-A-L. That's my first name and my last name. So um, they can, you know, chat me up on uh, Facebook. Uh, they can, you know, give me a call if they want to buy or sell real estate. I am very strict with who I work with so because I don't want time wasters. Right. So, but um, I do answer um, a lot of questions for people. I also have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is Network Builders. Network Builders. Network Builders. You know, which buttress my point. I want to build network through real estate so mm -hmm. that's what i do and i give a lot of free content on my youtube channel uh, both as an agent or and as uh, as a buyer as a seller or as a you know anybody that just want to learn about real estate i try to push out content as much as possible but my instagram page is probably more lively and has a mm -hmm. lot of there already so also they will be able to see the transaction i close you know mm -hmm. amount of volume i'm doing in real estate so um instagram number one um youtube number two they should subscribe to my channel and um you know listen to watch all the videos and um they can also find me on bigger pockets you know my name my first name my last name and um yeah that's it awesome, awesome. 
All right. Well, Austin, and I don't think that I think we got everything covered. Uh, I appreciate it, Wally. Uh, we had great, great time talking to you and uh, uh, appreciate your time. Yeah, thank no, you so thank much. you for it's, coming out. It's, it's really an honor having me here. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Wow. Awesome. That was a great show today. Wally was a, such an amazing guest. I mean, he's, like you said earlier, just the true definition of the American dream. Came from nothing, built his business from nothing. In only a year's time, he's done so much. And I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. So I'm excited to see what, what he does. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I have no doubt he'll uh, get that 100-unit apartment complex. Um, and not to mention the the wealth of knowledge that he has and how helpful he is to everyone that uh, reaches out to him. He's a very great guy to listen to. And it was it was great meeting him and talking to him. Yeah, he's awesome. Awesome guy to learn from. If you're looking to get started in real estate investing and you're ready to take action, you should definitely hit up Wally. Um, but only if you're ready to take action because, as he mentioned several times, he doesn't deal with time wasters. So uh, definitely hit him up then. Yeah, yeah and uh, you can definitely reach out to us on our Instagram uh, and we'll have that down below. Uh, we also are going to have a new YouTube channel going up, and we also have a TikTok. As well as a TikTok, yep. All right, so reach out to us uh, down below, and make sure you hit up Wally and tell him how great he did today. This is Hayden Wright. And this is Austin Cole. Signing off.